Welcome to Success with Style, everyone. I am Rob Giardinelli. Hi, everyone. I'm Lance Avery Morgan, and we are here with the Sid Nashburn. May we call you the, or do you want us to call you Sid? You can call me whatever you like. You are the retail creator, style maker, brander extraordinaire. We're so honored to have you here oh, today. Oh, you guys are nice to, to ask me here, so I'm, um, I hope we can uh, have a fruitful conversation. I'm sure yeah. we will. We're here yeah. in beautiful downtown Austin, Texas at the Hotel Ello. Yes, we're we are. so kind to have us in, and everywhere we look, there are Sid Mashburn clothes everywhere. Yeah, we, we've, uh, we, we, when we come in, we're a little bit like locust, but we hope, <laughs> hopefully we will not leave the same pattern right. as a locust. So, and what's so uh, great is that you partner with Mr. Porter. It's fantastic. There, that's a super new relationship with us that just launched this week, really yesterday. Wow, breaking news. Yeah, and so uh, we're excited because they are doing something very different in the retail space. And when we started yeah. our business, we didn't really want to be a, a wholesale brand. We would prefer to have been a direct-to-consumer right. brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're doing something that's a little bit different. It's not today's wholesale brand experience. What it, do you What do you think is the most unique trait about them? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, and I'm sure that they've got a lot of answers that are better than what I'm going to say. <laughs> but, but my, my sense is is that they started as a media company, mm-hmm. but a media company also that saw um, commerce right. coming into that space. Right. And I think that some of the media companies may not have, have jumped on that. And right. I think... Uh, I don't know if you pronounce her name Massenet or Massinet, mm-hmm. Natalie Massinet, who started Netta Porte, yes. yeah. was brilliant yeah. to do yeah. that. And so I think that they put together uh, a, a real strong stable of brands and said that it's not just the clothes that are important, but it's also the information behind the clothes. Mm-hmm. And then how do I apply that to a guy's or a girl's right. context of life? Because, right. excuse me, I don't know anyone, even if they're not well, even if they're even if they are well-dressed, who doesn't say, how should I put myself together in an efficient right. way that uh, allows me to adapt to a situation? Because yep. nobody wants to be overdressed. You don't want to be underdressed. I do. I want to be overdressed. I, uh, me too, actually. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no problem with that. But, but we'll you, get to that in a moment. Yes, we will. Well, your, your theory on style. But. Well, it's funny, but so many people are worried that they're going to be overdressed. Yeah. And you don't have to worry right. about that. Right. Because it's right. always better to be a little bit overdressed. But people are concerned about how they're going to be um, thought of when uh-huh. they when they show up somewhere. So anyway, I think they've yeah. done a good job of educating their customer to say this is what you should be considering when you're purchasing clothes and how you take care of them. And so it's very service minded. It's yes. not just transactional, right? And what's so great is that you have a strong presence in Atlanta, but you also have a presence here in Texas and Dallas and Houston. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and name you an honorary Texan. Is that all right? I, I'm glad okay. to be. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Texas man and Sid Mashburn, the uh, brand. It, um, when we first started out in Atlanta, we said we wanted to be uh, really kind of a mix of old time retailer, mm-hmm. but mixed with someone who knows how to develop product. Right. Because okay. most of the retailers you see out there were buying third party right. brands, which is great. And we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we also said, you know what, we want to be a little more in on the details of his or her life and sort of, uh, you know, we, we have from my background as a designer for Ralph Lauren and J crew and, and Tommy Hilfiger and lands in, I had a pretty good sense. And plus I'm, I'm old at this point or, or, or old, <laughs> old enough, Hardly. Old How about season? Like a fine steak, right? <laughs> That's much better. Fine wine. How about fine, fine wine? wine? Yeah. 
but but um, at least seasoned enough to understand uh, how do I really kind of counsel a guy mm-hmm. or in my wife's case a girl on how they should be dressing and we're real comfortable telling you what not to wear mm-hmm. and what you should wear so anyway coming to Texas was really we felt invited because we had started our e-commerce business in 2000 um, 11 mm-hmm. and um one of our best markets was houston texas yeah and i can so totally see that me. and so we let sort of the e-commerce be sort of the leading indicator of where we should go and my sister had lived in and we, we grew up in mississippi and yeah. my sister had lived in houston for about 30 years and i also saw that there was it might be overstated to call it a dearth, but there were not as many great old line men's independent specialty stores right. as mm-hmm. there used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, in True. every city, completely agree. You right. know, across the state of Texas, and so we saw an opportunity because we we were not really loving the way you know the larger department stores were going because yeah. it was just a place to go get clothes and then get the heck out of there. Right mm-hmm. there, and that's not to you know diminish the people that work on the sales floor at these yeah. at Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom's or right. you know wherever. But at the same time, is is they were not they didn't seem to be as interested in what are the fabrics, what is the construction, yeah. how does this apply to the real context of your life. The Texas guy is no different than the guy in the rest of the country. Interestingly, though, the guys mm-hmm. in, in Texas that we ran into love quality. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there is an independence in every everybody I've ever, ever met from Texas, you know, thinks differently than uh-huh. it appears the rest of the country does. There's an independence in yeah. everybody. Right. Well, and, and there's like with fashion, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, there's a level of risk Texans will take with fashion that no one else in the United States really well. That's right. That's right. And you know, it's, it's especially um, recognizable in Dallas. Yeah. That is a fashion city. Houston, not as much so. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't mind wearing things that are new or, or a little bit different, but they, they tend to, to be a little more status quo. Yeah, uh, I Whereas agree with Dallas that. will really push the envelope. And, they do. And what's funny is I have a friend of mine who's from Hereford, Texas, uh-huh. and uh, we were we worked together as designers at J. Crew, and he was he worked at Polo, and he said the people that are the most educated about what's going on in New York City are the people from Texas. Because yep. when they come to town, they mm-hmm. know the show to see, they know the restaurant to go to, yeah. they know the hotel to say they are yep. they are they're cultural sponges. Maybe it's because proximity to the rest of the world could be. Maybe, maybe it's just yeah. What, yeah. it's, it's yeah. kind of what may have sent them there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And I my theory to compliment yours is that Stanley Marcus, obviously the founder of Neiman Marcus, that his style and his point of view and the entire Marcus family it permeated pop culture and certainly retail culture. And I think that still to this day helps to define Dallas and, and, and much of Texas. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, is they really kind of started in Atlanta. Oh, I didn't well, know. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh boy. Yeah. Big really? reveal. Here I don't really, I don't really know the history well enough to wow. speak on it with any, any sort right. of clarity. Interesting. But, um, and funny enough, somebody just gave me, um, um, his Stanley Marks's book yeah. of, of photographs. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. that he shot himself. Isn't that great reflections wow. of a it man? It is outstanding. It's one of my favorite coffee table books. And so I, I think that he's, you know, to, to call him someone who's important in the fabric of Texas, yeah. um, it, it, to me, he's as important as, as probably some of your historical figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're right. I think he brought culture 
you know, to the state of Texas, especially when Texas was blowing up. You, mm-hmm. you know, when you said, no. when you declared me an honorary citizen of Texas, I immediately go to that uh, diner scene in uh-huh. Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When they're playing. The when old he, and the new. When he gets in the fight. Yeah. And they're playing the Yellow Rose of Texas. Right. You know, and that was what kind of was blowing up yeah. when, the, when the Marcuses were really starting their business. Absolutely. And this sort of, you know, new affluence didn't really know how to channel itself yeah. and he kind of brought some of that education right i don't mean to overstate his yeah. his you know fingerprint right on texas but i'm i'm in full agreement with yeah you, basically. absolutely and you know speaking of that generation of of style makers and style setters we were talking about you know people don't want to be overdressed i mean my grandfather always said there's nothing wrong with being the most overdressed or well-dressed man in a room Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do what you have to do. And he usually was. (laughs) And my grandmother's usually the most well-dressed woman in the room. Right. So why do you think people have an issue with that? I mean, what, is it a confidence thing or, or they're, they, they don't shop at Sid Mashburn and Mr. Porter. Well, you know what? I think there's (laughs) likely, I think there's a little bit of a confidence thing there. Um, because also as you get a little bit older, your body changes. You don't know what looks good on you. You're really kind of loathe to ask somebody, Hey, how do I look? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's it's I think it's really a lack of education. Okay. And yeah. also lack of having a guy. Right. Or your guy. Yeah. Or your girl. Right. Or yep. somebody that you can trust. Mm-hmm. It's not just trying to sell you stuff. Stuff. Yeah. That they're trying to <laughs> sit. They're trying to take care of you. Right. And right. They're kind of in your closet at home, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, your your blue suit. Is a little shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not in a good way. And exactly. You need a new <laughs> Shark blue skin's suit. a whole different world. And so what you, you're going to, you know what? You're actually going to need a blue blazer too, but let's get you the blue suit because you can use your blue blazer to bridge you. To right. When you, you know, want to yep. buy the blue blazer. And so that sort of fundamental yeah. education is not there anymore. Right. And so also people, you know, there's the, the, the country is so much more, egalitarian mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. th- nobody wants to make anybody feel you know like they're underdressed mm-hmm. yeah oh, i don't have a problem with that either it, well, listen I, you know, <laughs> I just wear what i wear dressing for yeah. the occasion and what's appropriate yeah seems pretty basic maybe well, we've gotten away from that i don't know that's i i, I couldn't agree with you more yeah. and I, I think all of our guys would say that part of what we try to to inculcate our customers with is is a certain sort of when you're getting dressed consider what the occasion is and who you're going to see right mm-hmm. and don't they deserve to see you at your best respect and so yeah. i i feel like and this is this i, I usually don't speak with this sort of candor about the way people mm-hmm. dress mm-hmm. but i would you're say you're in a safe space right here <laughs> <laughs> i would say that people's standards have lowered totally about the way they want to present themselves right. and i find that sad because what happens is is when you put something on that makes you that when you touch it it mm-hmm. feels good mm-hmm. when it touches your body right. it feels good when you walk outside you feel good yeah. when people comment you look great right. you feel good and as as cliche and as glib as it is do y'all know Dion sanders yeah of mm-hmm. course yeah he said and i'm not nearly as funny as he is but he He's said if you look good you feel good that's true if you feel good you play good that's right if you play good they they'll pay you they'll pay good. you they they'll pay, pay you good, good. <laughs> well that's true though and yeah. you know it um and kind of back to what you said, like I, you know, when I 
am dressed at my best, I always feel a little bit better. And you present yourself to the world in a better and more positive way. You, you have a, like it, it's like you got a lift. Yeah. Yeah. You really do feel a little bit better. Yeah. So here's another one of my theories, if I can share it. And that is you've got 10 minutes every morning to make that decision about what you want to wear. Usually most men, yes. certainly a lot of women too. Why don't you just make it the best decision possible? Right. Choose the best. hundred percent. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just easier. And then you don't have to think about it any time of the day. In fact, I remember uh, Lynn Wyatt is very famous for saying about who's a great couture client. Oh yeah. You know, uh, she was like, it's just easier. It's just easier. It's one less thing I have to worry about with what I'm wearing. One less bill to answer and one yeah. less egg to fry. Exactly. Right. Thank you. And I have met the great Burt Backrat, and that's a whole different <laughs> podcast. Whole different line of thought so, there. Well, back to what you were saying about you know standards changing. Who are, who are some of your, let's just say from the past, who, who are some of your style icons? Yeah. Male or female? I, okay, this is not new news, so if you see it somewhere else, okay. sorry I didn't make it here <laughs> No first. problem. Um, for guys, it is first of all my my brother and my father and my grandfather, because that was the most powerful. It was, right. was living amongst it. Yeah. Uh, my brother was a fantastic dresser. He had, he was, um, he's very small, and uh, hmm. but he had this miniature uh, houndstooth suit that he wore when he was in high school. Wow! And I was like, that is cool. So I grew up in a time in the '60s when it was like a cross between Maxwell Smart, I Spy, um, what was the Wild Wild West. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the clothes were close to the body. Right. Okay. Right. Very slim cut. Very the slim cut. The side look, really, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm, that's still our style today. So our lapel widths, eight centimeters. Mm -hmm. Our collar links, eight centimeters. Mm -hmm. Our tie widths, eight centimeters. Mm -hmm. Now that's a, maybe a little bit of overkill, but yeah. we like it a certain proportion. Right. We're not really going to change that. And if we do, we, we have one jacket where it goes to eight and a half, which is really for a bigger guy because yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. a bigger guy, right. we're basically taking the lapel for us yes. and splitting the difference between the edge of the collar and the shoulder. Interesting. Right. So, yeah. and, and that's, you know, what that doesn't mean that other people's style is not right. Sure. That's just what we like. So Great. that goes back. That's kind of a fundamental foundation right. for me for how dressing would occur. But mm -hmm. the, the Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. On the Dick Another Van Dyke great. show. Yeah. Yes. Um, he had this, I mean, first of all, his, his body was like perfect. Yeah. Do you know, you know who dressed him for that? A little no, trivia. Do you? Botany 500. No way. Yes, sir. He, he looked like a million bucks. And what was interesting is. And those were common suits back then. That's, I yeah. mean, every man could buy a Botany 500 suit, right? Yeah, that's right. That looked beautiful. Natural shoulder. Natural shoulder. Okay. Yeah. And he sometimes would have a ticket pocket, mm -hmm. plain front, cut close to the body, yeah. but didn't feel fashiony right it did feel stylish yes the other one is, is uh sydney portier mm -hmm. particularly in um to serve with love mm -hmm. and in the heat of the night mm -hmm. it was virgil tibbs as a matter of yeah. fact we we um have a jacket it's the one i'm wearing today we call it the virgil oh wow and it oh, was, really? uh, it was inspired by my brother and sydney portier yeah. and all the dick van dyke but we named it after him because he was such a that, that character yeah. was one of sort of quiet power. right right yeah okay right. But also not a um, a fading power, like mm -hmm. right. not just going to fade into the into the background, sure. but also stood for what's right. And we hope right. that that's what we try to do in our life. So we're not just thinking about it just from a style perspective, but right. do we admire the man that yeah. goes with it? Um, I think those are probably two of them that really um, 
stick out as far as influences but i think yeah. that whole era i also always loved sort of the beach boys and that sort of mm-hmm. california right yeah vibe and, mm-hmm. and the way they dress also well cut oh yeah right yeah, I mean, yeah. why was everything well cut then and it's not now you know what's funny what is the heck I, I don't know i actually you know outside of sid mashburn nothing is well cut <laughs> i just want to say that publicly <laughs> well we did you know there was that era and i was right there in the middle of it when you started wearing baggies did mm-hmm. you have, did y'all have baggies that passed me by <laughs> i didn't acknowledge it sorry i wasn't fashionable for those three seasons uh, oh you're fine could do it i went there i was in junior high i, I was i was finding my way gotcha okay the so, formative well, years of sid mashburn exactly. yeah <laughs> tell us about one item that is an absolute must-have in your world that you recommend to all of your clients um i think about it in a couple of different ways okay. because first of all you know my background being from mississippi you, you, you knew the whole town mm-hmm. okay? right and we had a moment in our store early on where we had a guy a chicken farmer who came into our store and we had a piece of i will not name the designer mm-hmm. but just know that they're very expensive and they're very high quality and very nice okay and we had their down vest in the store okay it was like eighteen hundred dollars it was crazy mm. and this guy's a chicken farmer that he could buy and sell me 50 times he had done right. very well but he goes to turn huh. the, the price tag and my stomach <laughs> just my stomach sank yeah i was like why have i got an 1800 dollars down vest in the store yeah and Interesting. um i'm thinking to myself if people from my hometown came in they saw that they'd be like golly sid doesn't have anything i can afford yeah right so that's running through my mind my grandparents had dry goods furniture implement hardware store Uh in small town so you're you're there to really help people not just to sell stuff yeah and so we really concentrate on how do we make things accessible and there's something i learned it was a great lesson taught to me when i was at at, uh, land's end and Land's End was bought by Sears. And there was a merchandising strategy called Good, Better, mm-hmm. Best. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at Sears, that might have been a Mana, Kenmore, Viking. Right. Yes. Right. For us, it would be, you know, a pair of Levi's, a Sid Mashburn shirt, and Edward Green shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not many people can afford a pair of Edward Green shoes, but we consider them the finest in the world mm-hmm. from a right. ready-to-wear perspective. Most everybody can afford a pair of Levi's, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have them in there not just because they need a price point, but it first has to yeah. move the heart. Right. Absolutely. You still have to like it first. It can't right. just be cause-related. Yeah. Right. You know, it has to be something that you like and wear and can mm-hmm. speak to. So we don't put anything in the store we won't wear. Okay. Now, That's a great testament. So. Now, after it's been on yeah. the floor a little while, you're like, mm, I don't like that shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because you, you, sometimes you buy something and you go, right. oh, I don't like it well, as much. Right. But we do want it. And, and so the, the important part is, is that how do I consider what's the price point mm-hmm. and what does somebody need? And if I had to say today the, the things that you really should have is, is a, a great blue blazer. Mm-hmm. And our blue blazers are not inexpensive, but the return on investment is incredible. Yeah, because you'll have it forever. You'll have it for a long right. time. And so what happens is is that gives you the opportunity to show up at a funeral, mm-hmm. job interview, mm-hmm. um, a wedding, yeah. um, anything. And, and then you put it with a pair of jeans, right. a pair of cowboy boots, right. and a white shirt. Right. You can show up on the ranch. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, it really is, to me, a, and also it acts to, excuse the term, it's like my purse. Yeah, my phone's on my inside pocket. Right. I've got my business cards in here. I've got my pins in here. Right. 
I got my yeah. wallet in here. So it's practical. It's like a cargo right. jacket sure. of sorts. So probably the navy blazer, and I'd say also a pair of our jeans. And our jeans again are, are not inexpensive, but the ROI on them mm-hmm. unbelievable. So mm-hmm. they start at 150. They're ring ring denim, okay. which is the best quality right. denim. Yeah, we don't cut any corners on on materials. Are these Sid Mashburn branded jeans? Yes, oh, fantastic. And so we design them. Great. We we make the pattern for them, and we make them out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Our jackets are made in Italy by the finest tailors we can find mm-hmm. of the best fabric we can find so um again finding the price yeah. value relationship mm-hmm. and also what's a necessity for your life is right. super important yeah so it's sorry to prattle on but, but no right. but finding that balance on. it's really good advice so something for everyone so what i kind of like with that you know if, especially if you've got a, a nice item what do you think of the the whole high low concept that's been that's been happening you know what I, I, I actually i kind of groove on it you know yeah. especially because we've got we got five daughters Mm-hmm. Okay, so and today they're eighteen to twenty nine. The right. oldest is a Longhorn. Fantastic. Proudly go said. horns, go horn, hook them, and um, but you know, growing up, they all wore each other's clothes, and my mm-hmm. wife, uh, oh, you know, uh, yeah. made made and sewed their clothes. You wow, know, f- uh, very early woman. on. Gosh. Oh yeah, she's you know she'd be real happy on uh, Little House on the Prairie. Gotcha. She's kind yeah. of a prairie girl. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, not Sounds a, like the, a great mother. Yes, yeah, well. she, she is. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's an eleven, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a fifteen. Um, Hi, Mrs. She Mashburn, beats Bo Deering all okay. day long. Um, but uh, anyway, though the what was nice though is is sometimes the girls could find something that's fast fashion, right? But in our household, it did not get thrown away. It right. kept getting passed down okay. to the next generation. And I would say, if when, when you say the high-low, the first one that pops to mind, right or wrong, is Zara. Yep. Zara is not really a fashion brand. It is a supply chain brand. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's their real brilliance. Yeah. And so, as a businessman, I admire that mm-hmm. greatly. Now that they copy, yeah, I don't admire that quite as much. Yeah. Right. You know, but also, it's a different product. You yeah. Know, yeah. It's yeah. $17 knit top as opposed to... You know, seventeen hundred dollar knit top, right, or whatever it might be, but I I, I like it. I think yeah. it's kind of cool. It's it's not my bag. I right. don't do that. But as a young person, I probably would have grooved on it. Yeah, because gotcha. I didn't have the dough to to, mm-hmm. to buy something. Right. And I was looking for those baggies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be wearing them in two more years. You so. say that. You say that. You may you're going to bring them in your store because of this. that's going to inspire you. <laughs> no, I will say bring this. Bring the though. baggy trend back. I always do, I do like a little flare on some trousers. Okay. So. Not much. All right. Just a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, you know, a, a sort of slight boot cut. Right. So with your history of bricks, and you are now in the world of clicks with Mr. Porter. How do you see Sid Mashburn, the brand, evolving and retail evolving? Um, boy, if, if I could really answer that as eloquently as or I Or how like do you to, want it to? Maybe, maybe that's a better question. Um, I think they're both good questions. Um, I would say that when I was at Land's End, um, we saw the, the, you know, we were really... In a funny sense, I also worked at J. Crew's first my first design mm-hmm. job back in the mid eighties. Okay. Great was training it, ground for all of the yeah. Oh, could, couldn't have been better. They were it's funny. Those were the original sort of direct to consumer brands. Right. And they That's were kind true. of essentially the original e commerce brands. Right. There just was no e commerce. Yeah. But That's they were true. Du- they were direct mail. Sure. Yes. Because they were dealing with sending the product to a customer that didn't see it in person. True. Right. And so I look at that as how do we make all that as seamless as possible? And, 
you know, the word that popped up, first of all, DTC or direct to consumer wasn't even a term probably mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Right, right. You know, it was just a direct business. Yeah. And um, the other piece that, that's kind of come out of that is, is the term omnichannel. Yeah. Well, and people talk about omnichannel being e-commerce and also being bricks, you mm-hmm. know, bricks and clicks. Yeah. Right. Well, omnichannel is out of the back of my car. <laughs> I gotcha. mean, it's wherever yeah. the customer yeah. wants to do business. That's true. It's in the locker room at your golf club. Yeah. yeah. It's at the garden club. Right. It's wherever someone has, a, you know, where there's a couple of women gathered together, or a couple right. of men. And, yeah. and that's really what we're doing here with Mr. Porter this week is, is we're, we brought what's, what we call, affectionately call our on-the-road team. Great. Which is a combination of um, individual private appointments, uh-huh. mm-hmm. trunk shows, pop-up shops and then what we call evenings which is a gathering of a business inside their business typically Mm -hmm. um but we find that going to the customer i mean let me ask y'all something let me reverse this for a second what's the most expensive part of your life right now that you can't get back time obviously time (laughs) always okay so we're not making any more of it exactly just like real estate so the convenience the convenience is more important than ever. Uh-huh. And yeah. I mean, yeah. if you've been here in Austin all this time, you know that traffic's become a pain in the neck. <laughs> Nothing compared to when I was in L.A. for a long time. So, I mean, it's all relative, right? Yeah. But time is a value. Obviously, transportation, time is a value. And if we can go to the customer now? Yes. Yeah. So right. that that's where we see the real vanguard of opportunity sure. is, is how do we be as intimate and as as quick to take care of you as yeah. you really need right. these right. days. Yeah. And we, but we do our favorite is the, the bricks and mortar experience yeah. or the on the road experience. Cause you're, right. you're right there with, yeah. with the person yeah. and you're really, you're breaking down a lot of walls. And, and what's really interesting is, is I think our guys are realizing that the people that are coming to shop with us are not just looking for clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. looking for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for somebody to take care of them and to talk through things. And, you know, the clothes are usually just an icebreaker to what, how's your mom doing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that trust building exercise. I was going to say, do you find that, that, that someone who does come in over and over again, like a repeat client, do they come in with more confidence each time you see them? Oh my goodness. We, we, we have changed lives. And I don't, you know, it hadn't been divine healing, right? But it's been, you know, we we have a saying. I don't know the right navy blazer. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, we we have a, a saying early on that we said uh, it was called clothed and in his right mind. Okay. And it's not again, it's not divine healing, but you give somebody something good to wear. Yeah. And somebody just mentions to him, "You look, you look good today." Yeah. Right, they get, they the get, the, they get the bump yeah. up, and they're in, in a in a weird way. I, mm-hmm. I hate to say this because this sound, can sound transactional, but we're selling confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're trafficking in confidence for right. people and trying to. You know, we we do talk about when someone crosses the threshold, we have a privilege and a responsibility to go. How do we make this guy or girl feel better? Yeah, and it may be a, it may just be a coke. Right. It may right. be just a cup of coffee. Yeah. It may just be a what up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Lance, mm-hmm. how you doing? Right. You know, it's right. This, it's as silly as that yeah. cheer song. Yeah. You want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. That's right. right. And yeah. who doesn't feel good when you get acknowledged? Yeah. You know, even in the grocery store. Right. Cashier sees you. Oh, God, so good, so good to see you. That's why you should always look your best, even when yeah. you're at the grocery store. Lance, My point we, exactly. You're good. He's Keep got, going back to he's that. He's got it on. <laughs> you got it going on, mister. But yeah, why wouldn't you? 
given a choice, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're so thrilled to have yeah, you. Yeah, and we're running a little short on time, oh, but shoot. I did want to I did want to finish with one question. That's what's one piece of advice you would give to an emerging designer or designer slash entrepreneur? Um, hope. 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 That's an interesting answer. In it's what our way? First time to hear that. Yeah, we've yeah. never heard that one before. It's, it's the secret to life. It really is not the secret. It's one of the secrets right. to life, though. Is yeah. is you know what you've you've made it this far in doing this. Mm -hmm. You may not be meant to be a designer, right? But you're meant to do something yeah. that's going to take this body of what you have built up in doing this job to be used somewhere along the way. Mm -hmm. My wife's um, first real job in New York City was working for Polly Mellon, and okay. um, so you saw the great editorial dynamo and so you saw the devil wears prada right? of course so my wife was the was the the character not the devil character <laughs> she was the anne hathaway character i wish she oh, would have really? read the book though oh no but, kidding but she didn't and she's and it was a it was a very 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 tough job yeah because when you're doing those photo shoots and all that goes in the production you know you guys yeah. know too the well. production yeah. of that yeah it doesn't appear magically it's as also, we like to say that's right and yeah. it's time yeah. Yeah. It's money, right. it's people, it's deadline. It's like the pressure's on to mm -hmm. get the job done. Yeah. And so Ms. Mellon was extremely, extremely, extremely tough on Anne. And she said, you know what, without that and someone being that tough on me, I'm not sure I'd have been quite the mother I am today. Now, I, I can't really, she can say that much yeah. better wow. and, and rightfully than I can. Mm -hmm. But just don't, you know, there's a great song. It's like a kid's ditty, like, don't get downhearted, right? You know, just right. just push on through. Persevere. Yeah. Per, per, oh, yeah. That's yeah. actually hope and perseverance. Mm, I yeah. think are probably the two most important things that you can tell a young designer. Right. The yeah. other thing is, is don't look too forward to designing too quickly. Yeah. Is that a burnout mm -hmm. thing? Do you think that that's what, no? Where does that come from? It's a um, it's a misguided aspiration to want to be the designer on day one right you can't do that and we live in a culture that embraces that aspiration kind of don't we yeah and you know what you look at you know athletes and they're younger and younger mm -hmm. and they're yeah. achieving these great mm -hmm. things well right you know what being a great designer is oftentimes built off of experience yeah. yeah and knowing and, and knowing the things you shouldn't be doing yeah. so the probably the first thing to really learn as a designer is is how do you be organized yeah, yeah. how do you be on a timeline how do you do everything your your direct report is telling you to do right. mm -hmm. and make them look great and so yeah. um being organized is, is knowing where your fabric swatches mm -hmm. are knowing where your buttons are knowing what the turn time is to, to develop right. these fabrics mm -hmm. you know it's really how do you how do you learn truly the fundamentals of the business yeah yeah and that's hard for a designer because they're yeah. creative and also oftentimes right. they're not wired that way right but you right. can learn different wiring you know, especially yeah. if you're going to be a good designer, you right. have to know so-and-so does the best prints on cotton. So-and-so mm -hmm. right. does the best wool. So-and-so does the best wool and cotton blends. You know, you have right. to know yeah. who those mills are and where they yeah. are and then go, hmm, what do my prices tell me that I can use from these various pr people? So it's a complex, complex, yeah. complex job. So hope and perseverance, yeah. I think, let's let's make that the, the foundation. I think those are great words. Do you think that the shows like Project Runway and and entities like that make it 
give an education as well as make it seem awfully easy? I've never thought that because I think that that can be a little tough because you're on the spot in front of all these people. Right, right. I I would never have wanted to be on Project Runway. Okay. I'm like, I don't really. We'll let them know because they usually call (laughs) us first before they call their people. Well, and it's funny. Uh, (laughs) Whenever I talk to designers, it's either... I want that tomorrow and yeah. be on that show, or I would never in a million yeah, years do so it. There's nothing designers. in between. There's no one really, eh, I don't know. I mean, everyone either does or but they don't want to. it's a goal, or it's, they're emphatically going away from it. Yeah, and I, I don't create that way. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have dreamy stuff that mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, uh, actually, I had it yesterday, uh, a tie-dye pocket square. Oh, that's right. fun. You know, so how do we take things that are kind of, things that we just like and apply it to the stupidest simplest item yeah. in the world white linen hemstitch yeah. handkerchief yes is beautiful unto itself right what else can i do with that right yeah like how many so you've created the tie-dye handkerchief then it's super cool i've never seen one it's and i own a few of those yes. and i own a few handkerchiefs so yeah. i'll go online a few hundred Ford. but yes a few hundred yeah <laughs> you know, pocket, pocket square is underrated they um, are the most highly underrated garment there is I don't know those people. Okay. All right. Well, we have so ex- thanks for listening. This has really been fantastic. And with you, next so time you're in fun. Texas, you're going to have to come back on. Heck I'd yeah! Or we'll come to you in Dallas or Houston. To, come to Atlanta. Or we'll Atlanta. have to do that. Yeah, I love Atlanta. Yeah, do your Atlanta. Show. 147 Peachtree Streets, I think, is how many y'all have. Is that right? I think there's it's that something many. like that. There's that many, and well, I'm we'll, usually on them by mistake trying to find another one right <laughs> no, Atlanta's a great town we're glad to have you here in Texas great. glad you to all. have your presence and certainly with Mr. Porter you're global which is great yeah it's gonna be fun and your online presence as well so everyone I'm Lance Every Morgan signing off and I'm Rob Giardinelli signing off on Successful Style reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view have a great day everyone bye everyone bye.